Authentic Experts with Kara James, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Authentic Experts with Kara James is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Kara. Hello, everyone. Kara James here from Authentic Experts, and I'm super excited to introduce you to my guest today, Allison Yulo, and she is the CEO and founder of small business called Leaves of Leisure and uh, also has her own PR agency. Allie is the modern day renaissance woman, having worked multiple multiple jobs from the age of 16. Wow. <laughs> she now holds the titles of PR consultant, Bit model and entrepreneur. She's worked in public relations for about a decade and has been a freelance PR consultant for the last four years. She works with all size brands from startup to 100 million, but has a focus in the lifestyle sector such as fashion, beauty, and wellness. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, excited to dive in here. So, we were talking a little bit before I hit record. And it's so interesting. I want to talk about the difference between PR for a small startup versus, you know, the brands that you represent, the bigger brands and what that looks like. Yeah, I think it's it's been such an interesting uh, foray doing PR for yourself versus other brands. I've spent well over a decade doing PR for all these other brands and you sort of, you approach everything from a little bit of a distance because you're not so immersed in the brand. So you're able to really have like a very outside perspective. And when it's your own brand, it's always a little bit tougher because you have to kind of, you know, get over your own personal attachment to what you're creating and you have to go, you know, try and actually see it as like, as if it's a client rather than yourself. Um, so I actually often when I'm working on my own stuff, I try to think about it like it was a client rather than myself, because you have to ha- be a little bit harsh about things sometimes. And you have to be willing to sort of tell yourself like, this is why this isn't working, or this is how we have to do this, because it's not going to work that way. Um, and so that's been like, definitely a real, um, uh, you know, learning curve, I think, for me when trying to do it for myself, I think, I, I'm just so used to being able to go into calls and go right to my client and say, this is what we're going to do because I feel so sure because I've been doing it for so long. And when it's yourself, there's this little bit of uncertainty with everything that you kind of have to like get over and tell yourself, like, I do know what's best, but it may mean that I, I have to curb what I'm doing personally in my own business to do what's right for, for the business as a whole. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Right. We're just so close to our own stuff. You know, that's saying. Yeah. You're so far up in the jar, you can't read your label. I mean, we all are like that, right? And you have to yes. step back and take that 10,000 foot overview of what is actually going on. What is best? Like you said, you know what's best, but when it's you, yeah. it's so different. <laughs> and, then, and then we always second guess ourselves. I know. I was actually on a call with a client today and we were working on her launch press release and she had sent me over her mission statement and her brand statement. And I was like, I know what it is because I've talked to her a bunch of times, right? And we're like, you know, just about to launch this entire business. But I knew that to the outside, it wasn't going to make sense what she wrote and that we needed to reword it all. And then it got me thinking, I was like, I wonder, like, is that how people feel? <laughs> when they read <laughs> mine, am I too close to it that I, I, I'm not looking at it strategically enough to really break it down to be super simple the way it needs to be. So it's definitely stuff like that that you're like, hmm, maybe I, maybe I need to Absolutely. go back. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I know. Well, and that's what's nice too about, well, for example, the group we're in together and just having that camaraderie or just being able to yep. reach out to anybody in there for something like that. Like, hey, would you mind just taking a look at this? Because yep. sometimes we're just not seeing, you know, or we're so we're working on it so long, so much that, yeah, we miss the obvious, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, another question that comes up is if you're a startup, do do you need PR? Do we need PR for just starting out? It's a great question. And it gets asked all the time. So I think the answer is sort of somewhere in between. The answer is not no, but it's also not yes. I personally, and I'm saying it as a publicist, I think for a startup, PR is really expensive. And you kind of want to have all your ducks in a row before you spend that kind of money. So I always tell people that PR is the cherry on top. Mm. It should be the thing that help accelerate all the other efforts you put in. I actually think marketing is far more important in a startup phase before you hit PR. So once you've sort of gotten over that curve and you have a great marketing team and you're seeing consistent sales and you're having, you know, a team that's really put together and able to like move your business forward and you see a trajectory upward, then you can infuse PR and start doing storytelling. But I, I, and I've worked with brands that, did PR from the very beginning and it worked amazing, but you have to have a really strong story to tell in order to make sure that that PR is going to be successful. Because if you're going to spend all that money, you want to make sure that it's working for you. And I think something that everybody makes a mistake with is that PR will result in traffic and sometimes sales, but it will be sporadic. Marketing will result in consistency over time right? Mm -hmm. So PR is really about awareness and driving these sort of spikes during impactful moments. Whereas marketing is really how you're going to grow your business in a consistent linear way upward, right? So it's not that you don't want to do it ever, but you want to do it at the right time for your business. And sometimes that can be upfront, but sometimes you want to wait a little bit until you've grown a little bit and it makes the most sense for you. Um, and again, it, there is a huge price tag on PR. So you want to make sure that you're financially ready as well. Yeah, sure. No, that makes absolute sense, right? Because even if they are, say, reading your article or what have you, if you don't have the marketing, if you don't have the uh, the optimized profiles and all of that in order and the content, you know, they're, yeah. they're back at you like, well, is she really, you know, who she says she is? So yeah, great. Well, point. and it's just, it, it's not necessarily going to result in like consistent sales time and time again, right? Someone may buy from you because they saw that you were on Vogue.com or something, but they might only buy once. But if they keep seeing you on their Instagram ads and here and there, and they see that other people are reviewing you and saying, we loved this too. Now you start to feel a part of a community and you're more likely to come back and do a second sale and a third and become someone that's like truly part of your world as opposed to just a one-off. Oh yeah, I'll just try this. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yep. So, and why is it so expensive? <laughs> why? Yeah, because it's, yeah, no, it's, that's a great question. Also it's time, right? It's mm -hmm. our time. So when you're talking about PR and people are like, oh, well, you're just, you know, writing a few emails. That's not a real thing right? You're doing hours and hours of research and figuring out exactly what are the writers that are going to be like right on your beat and are going to be interested in what you're selling, whether it's a service or a product. And also they're writing your story for you. I get a lot of founders who come and they have a great product or a great service, but they don't necessarily know how to tell that story and they haven't found that 
aha moment that like that moment that clicks for everyone that they're like, I identify with the story you've told. I think it's really interesting and I want to support you for whatever reason. And I think a lot of businesses don't have that story. And that's really what PR provides and not just one, but doing it again and again and again, month over month over month. We often have that launch story ready, but what happens after that? There is no more story to tell unless you have someone that's helping you create it based on what you're building and how you're going about it and putting you forward for all that stuff. And it's just incredibly time consuming. So it's not just that you're paying for our contacts and all of those things. It's for me, I always say it's the time. It takes a lot of time to be going through. And, you know, sometimes I pitch a thousand people and only three get back. Now those three might be the reason that your business excels and it's amazing, but how much time did it take me to get those three people to respond? Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I get the question, which I would imagine you do as well. What's the difference between PR and marketing? Sure. Yeah. Might as well talk about that here on the air. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm a traditionalist. So like the way that I do PR and the agencies that I work with, we're doing traditional PR in the sense that like, we're truly, we're pitching editors that we have relationships with or, or editors that we find and we're able to create relationships with them and we're pitching them based on knowing that it's a good beat for them and, and pitching that story and trying to make that placement. Marketing is more, there's more of a re- like ROI and KPIs that you can get because it's all numbers and metrics. So, you know, whenever you're talking about anything from ads to, you know, marketing funnels, your Clavio, your all those things, right? That all falls under the marketing umbrella because those are things that are implemented in your business on a day-to-day basis and there's metrics applied to them and you can really see the traffic, the sales, all of those things related back to them. PR is really just a storytelling brand awareness that is that cherry on the top that you can't, the the KPRs are a little bit fuzzier and it's not necessarily a daily thing. And I have clients who only come to me for big launches, but right, they have marketing every single day. So it's, it's a little different in that regard. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So what are the metrics or the KPIs that can be used? Yeah. So I think, you know, I've had agencies and, and clients ask for specific KPIs and I definitely always try and do them. I mean, the obvious things that you could, you could use are like the number of placements or, you know, a specific placement or the unique visitors per month of like what's going to that specific website, right? Getting an article on Forbes is going to go a lot farther than getting an article in your local newspaper. So like, you know, knowing those sort of things, I'm a big believer of when I sit down with a client, when we're talking about KPIs, it's really about how can we connect it to the goals that you have for the brand as a whole? I probably can't, and most publicists can't either, promise you that I'm going to get you in that specific outlet or that I'm going to get you a specific number of press hits per month. And I think people who are telling you that there's something going on in the background, you can't do that. It's organic for a reason, right? Marketing is paid. PR is organic. And if it's being paid, it should just fall right under that marketing umbrella. So whenever you're talking about organic, it's a little bit fuzzier. However, I do believe, right, if a client comes to me and they say, I really want to be in the Washington Post, that's really important to me. I'm going to make that a goal and I'm going to keep finding ways to come up with storylines that I can pitch editors at the Washington Post until I get that for them. And it might happen in a month, it might happen in six months, but I'm going to make that a goal and that can be a KPI that we have for that year. It could be, you know, I want to see more profiles rather than 
product roundups, things like that. So we can make KPIs that are more like goals of what we're looking to see as a whole, as opposed to like really specific numbers. And that's how I like to broach KPIs is really looking at those yearly, monthly, quarterly goals. And how can I infuse my help to try and escalate them forward? Yeah, sure. That's great. And I love that you're going to, you're going to make that happen no matter what for them. Yeah. <laughs> I try very hard to do that for everybody. Yeah. That's great. So do they hire you or do they come to you and say, can you do this for me? And then once you can present it to them, then they hire you or do you know what I mean? Like it's, for example, they have yeah. this game. So, um. yeah. So, so I work a little bit differently than most publicists and I did this even before the pandemic but I actually sort of white label my services. So what I do is I come into agencies and to the outside client, it looks like I work full-time at that agency, but I'm coming in and taking over clients for them, right? So if they have three new lifestyle clients and their team's not big enough, I'll come in and I will lead those clients and I'll lead it with their team. And, and it's just like, I'm working in-house, but I don't technically, right? So, and that's, there's benefits on both sides, you know, for the, for the agency, it's beneficial. They don't have to pay me a full-time salary and benefits. And for me, I get to make my own schedule and, and be able to sort of like pick and choose who I work with, which is when you're full-time, you don't get to pick and choose anything. So it's kind of the best of both worlds for everyone. So when an agency says to me, we have this client we want you to work on, and I decide to work with them, we, uh, during our kickoff and strategy call, we're going to go through exactly what their goals are, what they're looking for. And I'm going to use, I usually map out like a 90 day strategy for those first three months. Those are really critical. That first three months of like getting you out into the world together, you know, and saying like, Mm -hmm. here's what we're offering and what we're going to go about it. And then I infuse those goals into my outreach and, and, and I will change my outreach depending on what their goals are. So if their goal is they want to really be in trades or business to business versus business consumer. They're really looking for profiles or they're really looking for roundups and product based things. Like I'll change how I do outreach based on that. Um, and then I usually give myself internal goals. So sometimes the, go- the goals are from the client, but I'll say to myself, I want to make sure I get this client 10 press hits this month. That's like important to me. And I'm a big believer that if you give yourself goals, you have a higher chance of achieving them than if you just kind of go at everything like throwing spaghetti at the wall. So even if I'm not telling them that, I probably already have a goal in mind for what I'm trying to achieve for them. And I might not always hit it, but at least I got as close to it as I could. Absolutely, I'm all about goals. Yeah, and I think it usually like exceeds what their expectations were to begin with, which is a really good thing. And I think that's the way you can always sort of get in front of like your client expectations is by giving yourself your personal goals should be higher than what your clients are so that you're always outdoing them. Amazing. You must be, I can't wait. (laughs) Amazing to work with, right? Okay. So Allison, people ask, why isn't the press I'm getting growing my business? Yeah. A lot of people ask that question, right? I'm getting PR, but the PR isn't necessarily moving the trajectory of my business forward, as in it's not resulting in sales. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of business owners and founders make is that they think that PR will directly result in sales. And yes, there's a lot of instances that it does. There's PR that changes businesses, but you shouldn't go in with that mindset. PR is brand awareness. It does not always equal sales. So you want to look at when you're thinking about like, is my PR doing anything for me? 
you want to look at it more from like, what were your goals that were not sales related? Were you looking for brand awareness? Were you looking for people to understand your business and educate people? Like, are you using your PR to educate the community on like how your service or product works? Or are you looking at it because you want people to know who you are and you want more people to realize what you specifically are doing as a founder and like the community that you're building. And you should be looking, are the stories that my agency or that my publicist is getting me supporting those goals? Because if they are, that's success. If you're asking for profiles and you're getting roundups, then you have reason to be unhappy. But I always get frustrated when founders are like, well, I don't see sales resulting from this press. That is completely out of every publicist's hand. That is not something I can't guarantee you that because you were in Vogue or Forbes that you were going to get any sales. And, you know, I think today too, which is a totally different conversation, but like, you know, if you're going to try and do sales through PR, you should be doing it via affiliate. You shouldn't be just trying to do it organically. That's it. It's a lot harder to do it that way. Although it still happens, it shouldn't be your goal. Um, and I, I think a lot of people make that mistake. They think like, I've gotten people who have reached out to me and said, I need PR. My business is failing and this is what's going to save it. And they say, I can't take you on. It's not going to save your business. And, or maybe it will, but I'm not going to be the person that tries and promises you anything. Mm -hmm. If you feel like this is what's happening, you should invest in marketing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just that I'm thinking my, I'm going through my head, like, hold on a minute. Right. Yeah. You've right? Been talking so that, to the right people. Your messaging is off or, you know, yeah, there's a million other reasons. This isn't going to be the saving. Exactly. Yeah. And it, PR, right. It supports your marketing. So if you have a great funnel built in and you have great SEO and you have great everything and then you have some great PR hits, it's more likely to result in sales. If you don't sure. have that stuff set up, the PR is going to fall flat at the end. It's not yeah. going to help. And so I think people just have to, you know, go in with a under, real understanding of exactly what PR is and what its purpose is and not necessarily go in automatically saying that like, this is going to change my business from a financial aspect. That being said, I have brands who I am like, my PR is the sole reason that they are driving hundreds of thousands, if not more in business. But that is years of working together, implementing relationships with specific outlets, building out affiliate programs that go along with the PR outreach. It's very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, great point. Thank you for that, for explaining it all, because it's so true. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're on the cover of Vogue, it will matter maybe for uh, for a day or two, you'll get the likes and the woohoos, but there's nothing to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. It won't, it won't, it won't lift you up over time. And that's what you need. You need something that's going to, to keep being consistent. That's what saved your business is consistency, yeah. not spikes. And you described it perfectly, the cherry on top. So the cherry yeah. isn't much <laughs> unless yeah. it has the Sunday. So yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Great. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. And uh, one question I always ask, uh, actually, I forgot to ask if you had any offers that you wanted to share with the audience. Yeah, I was I was saying to you earlier when we were talking, chatting, that I'm happy if anyone needs PR and is looking for PR help or just wants to pick my brain, feel free to reach out and mention this podcast and we can see what we can do to work, either work together or I can like put you in a direction to find someone that's the right fit for your business. And then um, definitely if you're interested in any of the tea from my tea business, you can DM me and again, mention the podcast and I'll give you a discount code. Nice. I know we didn't even touch on the tea business. <laughs> so many talk, I know. Talk about that for, talk about that for a minute. And then also 
Um, just give us the websites. I don't see it on here. I see your email um, or where, what's easiest for them to reach out if they're right on their phone right now. Yeah, sure. So I actually do have a, a website that has to, sort of some of my overall PR stuff, which is okay. just allisonulo.com. It's just my name. And that's, um, and there is a, that's U-L-L-O. It is. It's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-U-L-L-O.com. And you can go on there and reach out during the contact thing. It's also my Instagram handle. So you could DM me as well. And then um, the T is um, leavesofleisure.com or at leisure teas. Um, and that is a business that, that I started about um, a little over a year ago, which is a luxury herbal tea business. Mm. And after years of doing PR for a lot of really amazing CPG and product-based brands, I finally got the confidence to launch my own. So now I can see both sides, which is like an oddly really fun component as a publicist, because I often, now I know what so much more means that my, when my like founders are talking about certain things that have to do with marketing or just like in their business that I never necessarily knew that much about. I do now because I have my own yeah. business. So it actually, I feel like if anything, even if the company doesn't ever go as far as I'd like it to go, at the very least, it's been very educational. And That's I feel right. like it really helps me be a better publicist. Um, and I also like, I get so many like people who reach out to me about the tea business and they're also great um, fits for my clients. Exactly. So like people will reach out to me thinking. and be like, sure. yeah, like I have mm -hmm. this, you know, I, I like, I was talking to this like sleep expert that was like really fantastic for the tea company that we're doing something together. And then I was like, oh, but I also work for this brand that like sells really amazing alarm clocks. I think that we should like connect you guys. And so they're doing something together too. So it's all very synergistic yes. in the end that it all kind of works together. Oh, great. And you know what? In the end, it's what makes you happy. What are joyful days for you? Right? <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. So what I started to say was, um, you know, I always ask a book recommendation for the yeah. if you have one, we'd love to hear that. Yeah. So I feel like I've been talking about this book for months. I'm like probably irritating people with how much I like praise this book. But um, I, at the start of starting the company, I was like feeling quite frustrated at the trajectory of like, things weren't going as fast as I wanted them to. And I read Atomic Habits. Oh, and habit. yeah, and I was like, I feel like if you're a business owner, you probably already read it. But I read Atomic Habits. And I'm a big habitual routine person to begin with. But I got so much out of the book, because it was such a reminder as a business owner that things don't always go as fast as you want them to, and that you need to keep going and keep doing it and that those 1% gains add up and that the best way to do it is by stacking those habits and continuing to do it day after day and to not get frustrated and sort of like break pattern. Um, and so I found like a lot of strength when I read that book to like, let's just keep going and keep trying. And this year specifically, I'm seeing so much growth with the tea business specifically that it's been so great because I don't think I would have stuck it out necessarily if I hadn't read that and know. really been like okay like just keep remembering that like just keep at mm -hmm. it and like consistency matters and like doing it day every like every day and, and putting forth the effort really makes a difference and that the line to success isn't linear and it, it's yes, in fact yeah. more like a swoosh and I think that was really helpful so I think anyone who has a business whether you're just starting it or you're in a slump you know 10 years in even I think reading that and remembering that like you just have to like keep going keep going yeah <laughs> right there's going to be many days you don't see any kind of uh success or feel yeah. good or even you know go backwards right one step forward two steps yeah back and that those habits matter 
Yeah, yeah. That, like putting yourself um, in a mindset and put, giving yourself those routines to like make sure the work gets done and that you're of healthy mind and body like that all makes such a huge difference. So I really recommend it if you haven't read it. It's, it's a good one. Absolutely. And it sure is. So thank you for sharing that. And and yeah. boy, what a testimonial that it really <laughs> saved you. Know, I was always like, we should hire you to be his. <laughs> I'm like, I know I talk about his book all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. All right, Allison, well, it was a real pleasure having you here. And I hope you'll come back sometime and we can talk more about both businesses. I love the name of that too. The, the uh, Your tea business, Leaves of Leisure. That's yeah. Love it. All right. Thanks again. And we will chat soon. Yep. Thanks for listening to Authentic Experts with Kara James. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we'll see you on the next episode.